0: Welcome to Gospel Tangents, the best source for Mormon history, science, and theology. I'm Rick Bennett. Joseph Smith spent about six months in Liberty Jail following the Mormon-Missouri War of 1838. In our next conversation with historian Stephen LeSwear, we'll talk about the court hearing and Joseph's escape from jail. Or was he let go by the sheriff? We'll find out more about that in our next conversation. You won't want to miss it. Check it out. So this is where Joseph's spends what six months in liberty jail or so before i think
1: that's about it yeah
0: he escapes slash was let go
1: (laughs) yeah and and you know that is it appears that he was like you know let go by the the sheriff after you know so he's in jail because uh um at at the richmond preliminary hearing he he and about 63 mormons i think it is were tried for various crimes committed during the war and and you know here again is is an example of of well the winner you know they're in in a conflict like this you know there's winners and losers and whoever wins puts the losers on trial for the crimes that you know were committed and in this case the mormons lost so they were put on you know that it was thought they were the aggressors yeah, uh, they're put on trial, and Joseph and 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 some others are put in jail uh, for treason. Now, let me mention here that this that, that the Richmond Court of Inquiry occurred. You know, after you know, after, Lucas finally surrenders the prisoners. You know, he doesn't kill them, and and Boggs, you know, Boggs is adamant. Uh, um, you know that hey turn them over to the civil authorities if they, you know, committed crimes. And so there's a, it's called the courtman, uh, or I mean, the Richmond court of inquiry and for, for much of our history, Mormon history, we have derided this as a mock trial, a mock hearing where the Mormons weren't allowed to bring defense witnesses and, and the people who testified all lied either, you know, on purpose. Or they were, you know, Missourians who lied, or dissenters who lied because they were bitter, or Mormons uh, who were forced at the Point of act to lie, and thus, you know, and the things what they lied about was that that there was burning and plundering, et cetera. This was a, you know, a mock trial. Well, as it this was not a trial, it was a preliminary hearing, and the purpose of a preliminary hearing is just to see if there's probable cause. To believe that the defendants may have committed the crimes and if so then you bind them over you know for an actual trial and so that's all this was and and so there was plenty of evidence people testifying that yes i saw joseph do this yes i saw joseph do that or yes i saw this person at the battle of crooked river and so that was sufficient to say oh okay if you know, for example, if you were at the Battle of Crooked River, then, you know, one of the soldiers, then, then um, you, you know, you were part of this uh, group that murdered a, a person uh, uh, at the, um, you know, a, a state militiaman. And uh, likewise, oh, if you were at Gallatin while the town was being burned and plundered, or I saw you there, that's enough. You know, the Mormon's defense if they were to mount a defense, would have been uh, something effective. Yes, I was there. I was protecting myself. Yes, I did this. It was because I was being attacked, or we thought we were going to be attacked. And so these are legitimate defenses. But that's not. You don't put on that defense at a preliminary hearing, because in fact, if you were to say that at a preliminary hearing, the judge would say, "Oh, okay, so you were there and you did shoot, or you know, you did do whatever." Okay, that's that's up for a jury to figure out. You know, were were you justified or not? So the Mormons did actually bring seven people who testified, and they testified to very specific things, like no, he didn't have a clock, or uh, I heard Samson Avard say he would lie. Another uh, three people testified that Lyman White never left his house at Adam on Diamond, which is really rather strange because he did leave his house at Adam on Diamond, but they test they testified that he did not. As, and and Lyman White initially swore that he never left his house, though in later a later testimony he said he did. But in any case, so this this Richmond hearing has kind of been misunderstood. It was just a preliminary hearing to find out if there was probable cause to um, bind the defendants over. And so based on you and in, in that you can read the testimony based on my reading of the testimony, the judge. Uh, committed the uh, Mormon defendants according to the testimony that was against them, uh, uh, and and so as it turned out, he released, I think, twenty nine of them. So almost half just got released, saying no, no evidence. And then five of five of them who were uh, uh, had probable cause for treason, which included Joseph. They they were not they were you know they were not not allowed to post bail. And those who were involved in the Crooked River battle were not allowed to post bail because there was a a murder involved. So anyway, that backed up to then. So Joseph, that's why Joseph was in Liberty Jail was because of the testimony of him saying, you know, he was prepared to march against the state, that he didn't care if state troops, you know, that all that came against him, that all the militia was a mob, et cetera. This was interpreted as possible treason so he goes to liberty jail then um he's then he and, and fellow prisoners are taken up to Adamondiaman, uh or excuse me gallatin for um a uh, uh a trial a uh, grand jury hearing essentially uh again more li- just like a a preliminary hearing and they get a change of venue to a different county And so it was while they were being transferred that the, the sheriff in Davies apparently let them go. And and it's, and some people have, there's some testimony of people who said, oh yeah, they saw that sheriff up in, uh, later in Nauvoo collecting his bribe. And, and so a question has been, well, did, you know, in some people have, you know, argued, yeah, the the state, the whole the whole state was in on letting him go. They just wanted to let Joseph go, and you know, they they saw that they had really messed up, and just wanted to be done with the Mormons. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Because when the sheriff came back to Gallatin, uh, he apparently was ridden out of town on tarred and feathered, and ridden out of town on a rail, because they didn't like the fact that he uh, let Joseph get away. Um, and and then later, uh. Missouri did try and extradite um, Joseph and Lyman White and some others,
0: so you think the sheriff went against the state uh, government in letting Joseph go?
1: I don't know. I haven't found any I haven't found any evidence that this you know anybody in the state said yeah, let him go it's It's been more of our surmise that yeah they you know they they probably were glad to be rid of it. And, uh, and, and, you know, sorry for, you know, because it made the state look bad. And I don't think, you know, and I think that that's a legitimate interpretation, though I could also just interpret it as, as this guy let him go. And as far as the state was concerned, it wasn't worth the trouble to try and go get him, you know, and, and, you know, for the, and, and for those reasons is, is it just makes us look bad, but they didn't let. Other prisoners go um, that were in uh, uh, Boone, I think it was Boone County, that were on trial for murder, though uh, at least one of them escaped. Parley P. Pratt escaped, and uh, another guy, Lumen Gibbs, was uh, let off for lack of evidence. And so was a third person as well. Hmm. so so, as it turns out, no no Mormons were ever convicted. Of crimes uh, during the war, which I mean is I would say is fair, even though they were in some sense they were guilty of, of certain crimes, you could argue, uh, but on the other hand, you know so were many, many non-Mormons who were never even brought to trial it was right. just, It was just assumed what what they did was was necessary and justified um, because of the Mormons aggression.
0: So, like, with the death of David Patton, the, I guess the state troops are just claiming, well, self-defense, and that's sorry David died. And,
1: but Yeah, because he attacked us.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So, there was a
0: movie back in, I believe it was 2019, called Out of Liberty. Did you by chance see that? I know it was here in Utah, but—
1: not, I'm sorry I did not.
0: Yeah. Because um, I remember—I'm trying to remember, I think it was the John Whitmer Historical Association. They— well, I, I had just seen it, so I think it was like September of 2019. It was right before COVID hit, and um, Alex Baugh, I was surprised because I thought the movie was a little bit slow, but but pretty accurate, and Alex took a lot of issues with it. I wish you could have seen it because um, it, it kind of talks about this whole issue. But in the movie, one of the things, since you brought up The Bribe, and I know Alex boss said something to the effect of, "Well, we're going to drink some grog." And then Joseph told the sheriff, "Hey, well, I'll pay you for these horses that, that we're stealing, because, you know, essentially, the sheriff gave them one or two horses. I don't remember how many. Um, so the, the, well, probably two, because they had there were four or five
1: prisoners? Yeah, I think five.
0: Joseph, Lyman White, well, Sydney, I think, got released for bad health or something.
1: Yeah, Caleb Baldwin and Okay, Alexander McCrae. Oh, I don't remember them. Yeah. Okay. So they would have probably
0: needed two horses to get away anyway, right? So we probably took a couple of horses, So and, and Joseph in the movie gave his word that he would pay back the sheriff for the horses that he, quote unquote, stole. Um, so is that kind of the story around the bribe? Do you think that Joseph was just repaying a debt, and some people saw that as a bribe, or
1: I guess so. You know that that is news to me. So, so in other words, is Alex arguing then it wasn't a bribe?
0: Well, Alex didn't go into the bribe so much, but he did. Um, in the movie, they they. You know, the sheriff's walking him out and he's like, hey, I'm going to go drink some grog. And I know Alex mentioned drink some grog was, was like exactly what they said. Like, we're going to get drunk, take our horses. And Joseph said, I will pay you back for the horses. I mean, that's how Alex, I, I, never, I never heard the word bribe until you mentioned it. So that's, that's the way Alex described what happened with the sheriff. But I can see how others would have interpreted that as, as a bribe. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah and I will say I don't I don't recall enough about those details to say one way or the other.
0: Okay. But okay, so cuz I could see how so, Joseph's like I'm repaying a debt and other people would say well that's a bribe. So for for letting us go or whatever but yeah.
1: And and so I suppose then if he did just let him go without a without a bribe so to speak then that plays to the idea that well the state of Missouri told him, you know, or somebody told him to do that. Uh, as opposed to no, he did it because he got bribed But in, in any case the, the uh, um, that there, there were there are actually two two men who were involved, or two Davies county uh, lawmen. One of them signed an affidavit you know claim, asserting that the prisoners made their escape without the connivance, uh, consent, or negligence of myself or said guard.
0: <laughs> what else are you going to say?
1: <laughs> but according to uh, Joseph McGee, one of the uh, uh, one of the Davies County citizens, he said that the enraged settlers rode J- Sheriff Morgan through town on an iron bar and they dragged William Bowman by his hair across the town square. So I got that wrong about the tar and feathering. It was one of them got, got to ride the iron rail and the other uh, was... pulled pulled up by his hair across the... So, so, you know, they were not happy.
0: (laughs) The more I hear about Missouri justice, uh, there was another story I'm trying to remember. Was it Alex Baugh? I think Alex Baugh told me, um, this is back in 1832 in Jackson County, or maybe even before that. They were were divvying up the land, and uh, the people told a judge... That if he interfered with the land auction, that they were going to throw him in jail, <laughs> at least until the auction was over. And uh, it just seems like Missouri uh, is it a fair? Is it fair to say Missouri, especially, was a very lawless place, and that law enforcement wasn't strong anywhere in the state, or at least uh, where the Bormans were for sure.
1: Well, I'd I'd say in the western part of the state, because the, okay. because in the eastern part you have St. Louis. Um, though uh sure it, it had had its its issues, but yeah that, you know, back then, yeah, that that uh it was it was at the edge it was at the edge of the uh of the United States. You know, the uh territory to the west was Indian territory. Mm-hmm. So so anyway, uh on the escape, uh, you know, when they you know whether it was, you know, whether they were allowed to go or escaped or whatever, that um that that the five there were five prisoners in in Hiram Smith was in there as well, was, was one of them Oh, okay. So anyway. So they, tr- they traveled on, you know, to, to, they traveled on out of the way roads, you know, and, and, you know, so they wouldn't be recognized and seen. And they also traveled under assumed names and, uh, um, and they told people as they went East uh, at um, that, um, that they were land seeker or as they went, as they went to, towards Nauvoo, excuse me, they said they were land seekers from the East, sort of inspecting lands and we get this story from orange white lyman white's son and he says you know so they
0: orange like the fruit his name was orange yes. wow yeah <laughs> that's
1: interesting yeah so um so they so they're traveling under assumed names so and and then they stayed at farms you know stayed with different people as they went along so at one farm where they were staying in the early morning four of them went out for a little stroll and they left alexander McCray behind and so the uh, um so the farmer came out and, uh, and, he, and he told McRae, he said, oh, he says, I'm sorry. He says, I've forgotten your name. What's your name again? And McRae had forgotten what his fictitious name was as well. And so we oh. didn't know how to answer him. And so in order to stall, he just started coughing violently and, <laughs> and, 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 and pretended he had a terrible stomach cramp and he had spasms. And, uh, and, and was, you know, so he rendered him unable to speak. And he kept this up until the four others came back, and uh, the alarm and and so the alarm or the alarm farmer he ran outside and got the others and called them you know come on back come on back, and so they ran in, and the others ran in and they said well Mister Brown Mister Brown what's wrong what's wrong with you, and uh, and so then he knew his name was you know Brown, and, <laughs> uh, and so the and so the relief Mister Brown you know he began to recover right away, but in the meantime. The farmer went. He got a jug of whiskey, and he said, uh, um, "He said he said he recommended it for from you know what was ailing Mister Brown." So uh, um, so they they all took us. and so he, so he gave some to Mister Brown McCray, and then they all took a swig just in case it was contagious.
0: And, uh, <laughs> and so
1: um, you know so then as you know they 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 eventually you know they all made it back to, to Quincy, um, but he says that when that when. That after they got back, it says that when, when any of them was, was ever offered like a beer or, you know, any other alcohol stimulant, they would all say, give some to, give some to, miss, to Brother McRae first. He has a cramp and he can't tell his name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> oh. All right. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with historian Stephen Lesware. Our next conversation with Steve is going to be our last, and so you need to sign up to our free newsletter at gospeltangents.com newsletter, so I can send you a secret link to the final part of our conversation. I'm going to ask Stephen if Governor Boggs was a good governor. You said in your book, uh, by the end of his term, nobody liked him. He wasn't a very good governor. Was he, was he, was he a pretty terrible governor? Could it, could it, would a different person have handled that better?
1: I'd say a different person wouldn't have could probably couldn't have handled it worse um so <laughs>
0: If you'd like to hear the entire interview uncut, please subscribe to patreon.com slash gospel tangents for just five dollars a month. Patreon is spelled patreo dot com gospel tangents. If you'd like to watch the entire video, you can subscribe at YouTube, Patreon, or on my website at gospeltangents.com and click the yellow subscribe button for just eight dollars a month. PDF transcripts are just $10 a month, and you can get those on patreon.com slash gospel tangents or on my website. I'll send those to you as soon as I've finished completing it. If you'd like to get a paperback and PDF, just subscribe for $20 a month at either Patreon or on my website. Individual paperbacks are available at amazon.com, just do a search for gospel tangents interview and you can find all of our past interviews there. Show your Gospel Tangents pride by purchasing a T-shirt on our website at gospeltangents.com/shop. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts at tinyurlcom tangents. You can get our latest updates by friending me at Facebook, or you can also follow our page at facebookcom tangents. Become an insider, and you can see the newest videos. Follow us on Twitter at tangents. Click here to subscribe, here for a transcript, and over here we've got some of our great videos. Thanks again.